0: Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's a Tuesday afternoon. Sedano and LZ in cap. And uh, Sedano will actually join us when he gets to his layover because Sedano called in earlier today to Mason in Ireland to say that he knows exactly where the Tiger Woods accident happened and he knows that street. He knows it well. He knows the area well. And I'm sure George will want to jump in as the information that we've gotten, LZ, is that uh, so far it kind of looks like good news, like Tiger Woods escaped A major, major, uh, you know, could have been a lot worse is the way I should say it, because at least the way I look at it is broken legs and already being transported from the hospital where you had surgery to a hospital where you're going to rest. That that sounds like good news to me, LZ.
1: It it is. It is, you know, definitely cautiously optimistic as 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 we know, you know, compound fractures aren't necessarily walks in the park. Um, Alex Smith went through hell to get back to the football field uh, this season dealing with the multitude of infections that stem from his injury. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the physicians are on top of that and Tiger's not, you know, inflicted with any infections or anything like that. We're still waiting to see, you know, how the back feels, you know, afterwards as he's rehabbing his legs. He was coming back from a fifth surgery. My understanding, you know, it wasn't as aggressive as the fusion that he experienced, I believe in 2017. Uh, But he uh, certainly uh, has a long history of back injuries and just the sheer jolt of being flipped around like that is gonna make any healthy person with a good back really sore for a long period of time. I can speak from experience, having been in multiple car accidents myself, about how stiff your back feels after you're getting bumped around a little bit. So we just gotta wait and see how he feels. Yep. Afterwards.
0: yep, let me bring Clinton Yates into this conversation from the undefeated. Clinton is also of 710 ESPN, so glad to have him on the air with us this afternoon. Clinton, what's going on, dude? How are you?
2: I'm all right, man. Um, I, I just want to say this off top. It's interesting that you mentioned all of the sort of injury stuff regarding Tiger and what's happening. Because I, if I may, let me tell you guys a little story. I, I turned 40 in a month. And long before any of this stuff, long before anybody knew my name, long before I even knew or even cared about journalism, I was a 20-year-old working in D.C. I worked two jobs day and night. It was all I did. Uh, I partied with my friends. And one day, I fell asleep at the wheel, and I hit a wall, and I, too, was involved in a multi-rollover single-car collision where the car ended up driver's side down, and if for the fact that i was wearing a seatbelt, hanging from the excuse me driver's side up hanging from basically what was the steering wheel i would have died i punched my way out of that car and when i looked at that car and i saw my news station today they looked shockingly similar and it was emotional my dad called me and he was like are you okay this reminds me of that and i gotta tell you guys the first thing I thought about when I saw that was, I remember how lucky I was, and the news of the jaws of life is one thing, and so on and so forth, but I was 20 when that happened. I didn't get in another car, period, for six months. I didn't drive for another year, and that was when I was at the highest point of invincibility in my mind, in my life. We can talk about walking again. We can talk about whether or not he can reconstruct his swing again. I would not be stunned just from speaking in my own kind of selfish personal experience if maybe Tiger did not want to play golf or do anything for a really long time. Mm -hmm. That is a survival Mm -hmm. situation. And I remember all of the mental and psychological anguish I went through because I did not feel like, you know, the survivor's guilt thing, especially when it's just you. It's a very, very tricky thing to manage, and I'm not trying to get into Tiger's head, but as somebody that walked away from a death-defying car crash that literally looks just like that, I don't know that golf is gonna be on this guy's mind for a really, really long time, and I would not be upset about that if I were a fan, which I am, of him, or in his family, or in his camp.
1: You know, to to your point, um, I've been in, as I said earlier, I've been in multiple car accidents. The worst one, I was hit by a drunk driver who sped through an intersection and smashed right into the side of us. I was on my back for like three months, basically. Not mm-hmm. really doing much, but trying to recover. And to this day, I'm a little bit more hesitant at intersections. Yeah. And that happened, and my son wasn't even born then. Um, so we're talking more than 25 years ago. And to this day, I'm still just a little hesitant. I don't take off at intersections, I wait mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. you know. So you're absolutely right, there are lingering effects. I guess it's just ultimately just about what motivates him at this point and how he wants to spend his time at this point. Um, Everything that we know, Clinton, about Tiger um, has been through the prism of golf. Even being a dad, it's about, you know, oh, look at him hugging his kid or playing with his kid on the golf course. So I don't know a great deal about what motivates him in his personal life outside of the prism of golf.
2: Yeah, and I think one of those layovers for me, and this is just me kind of speaking about this just to kind of talk about it, is that like, I don't, I fell asleep. I was tired. Like I remember the song that was on the radio um, when my car hit that wall, and I don't really drive at night anymore. And if I'm remotely tired, I am getting out of the car. I'll pull over and take a nap, and call the person. And say, I'm going, yo, I'm not doing it right now. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna take me some time because I don't want to get close to the incident that almost took my life. And I just want. I the only reason I repeat that, and I'm glad you and rather thank you for explaining that part of the story in your life, LZ, is because. The psychological anguish of walking away from a car crash in the United States of America where we take Carl so seriously is very, very real. You know what I mean? And I just hope that we don't get put in a position where everybody is sort of pressuring, in, even in our own sort of news media cycles, well, when's Tiger going to come back? When's his next tournament going to be like, bro, I, I ain't thinking about that, man. You know what I mean? I just, I just hope that for him, you know, what he feels is his own ability to move himself around safely is – is something that he's okay with because a single-car crash like that, that will shake you, man. I know because I've been there.
0: Clinton Yates on Sedano LZ and Cap here this afternoon on 710 ESPN. So I'm with you. You know, the, I'm not thinking like, hey, um, he's just going to get out of the hospital and they're going to put his legs back together and he's going to show up and win the Masters. Like I'm not even thinking about any of that in as much as like, be able to walk, be able to be a father, be able to live a normal life. What you're talking about is not the physical but the emotional and the ptsd clinton that can can take years people who i know have been in car accidents are like yeah i'll never go skiing again i'm like what do you mean they're like yeah i got into a terrible car accident i i'm just i don't like the speed of skiing you know it freaks me out you understand my point is that it's it, it it can impact you long beyond just getting up and, and getting your body put back together
2: I totally agree. And the reason why that's interesting to me, I would say to sort of shift it back into the golf fan zone. And listen, I'm not a huge golf fan. I have a, I don't know, man. Tiger was one of those people that affected me kind of strangely as a sports fan. Before Tiger, I thought I liked golf. I knew who certain guys were, I understood the game. I, you know, I could identify by eye a fair amount of courses on my television. After Tiger, I loved golf, or rather during Tiger, I loved golf. I never thought that Tiger going away from golf would mean that I would no longer like golf, Mm -hmm. but that kind of is what happened. The reason (laughs) I say that is because (laughs) Tiger is a very important person to the history of golf Mm -hmm. in terms of who he's going to be speaking on his own legacy. That documentary that came out that a lot of people talk about, well, he wasn't involved in that, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of different things about his story from a real deal uh, you know, clubs and balls and holes and pins level. That I hope that we, I hope that Tiger sort of feels good about really sharing with us. And I, I this is kind of an aside to the accident, but I only think about that in terms of how those kinds of things force you to kind of reckon with who you are. But I remember seeing him with his son on the course, and I thought, man, I really would love to hear just Tiger looking back on his life as a as a golf person. You know, and what he's going to be able to share with us in this next phase of himself, and that's where I hope that whatever this accident has potentially put in his mind, or not, I hope that maybe we get a part of of Tiger that wants to share part of himself because he did so much for that, but he was also very private, which is what made him so competitive in a very kind of serious way. But like, man, like I just I I really hope that his legacy is something that we can still talk with him about because he's going to have so much more to give us beyond just the fist pumps and the red shirts and everything else we've seen on Sundays from Tiger Boats.
0: Clinton Yates is here on Sedano LZ and cap Sedano is in transit. It sounds really glamorous. Like he's got this uh, assignment from the network that he's got to go cover an NBA game, but that's really literally what he's doing. And at his, uh, when he lands, he's going to check in because Clinton, he knew George does know this area knows these streets um, kind of has a perspective on the roadways that he was on. So uh, George is going to definitely check in. Um, LZ and I have been sitting here all day just talking about it, though, with the aftermath, because whether you're watching ESPN or CNN or any other channel, I mean, this is what this is what the world has been talking about all day. You know, this is a Hollywood story. You know, superstar athlete, multimillionaire, going to visit other superstar athletes to shoot a commercial. And uh, and the whole world has zoned in on this story, man.
2: Yeah, and I think Shelly made an interesting point before about the, the Kobe element here. Um, you know it's it's from a news coverage and journalism standpoint and a I guess in this case a law enforcement standpoint it is very real you know I I I think there is a certain level I was watching Bill Plasky earlier today on Around the Horn um, and he said like he his mind flashed back to that you know even though it's not the same thing there is some level of similarity in terms of all the storylines you just mentioned Cap and I I feel like there's a certain part of LA that is very, very anxious right now. And that is understandable. You know, it's not about speculating on what we think happened. It's not even about, you know, whether or not we're, I don't know whether or not we care in that way, but I just feel that kind of energy when you know something big has happened with somebody that a lot of people are familiar with, or you're just kind of anxious. And that's, that's a very real feeling, so I appreciate the, get the job everybody has done today in terms of talking about this and, I don't know, making fe- folks feel more comfortable and more safe in your vehicles as you listen to the station.
1: Yeah, right but on. He, he's not a golfer. He is golf yeah. in <laughs> a lot of ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. He drives the business. Mm-hmm. He drives the ratings. He drives the interests. He introduced the sport to an entire, you know, segment of the population that never gave it any mind Dwayne Wade literally said on his post, he picked up the golf club because of Tiger Woods. So even if Tiger isn't directly involved with someone getting an interest, they may get an interest in golf because of Dwayne Wade. And that is part of the Tiger Woods tree. Now I've said several times and and people all know who listen to me, I'm not a golf fan, I'm not even necessarily a Tiger fan, but I can appreciate what he has accomplished and I recognize who he is in the lexicon of, like, personalities globally. Yeah. And he's a really important figure. No doubt. He hey,
0: Clinton, you got a few more minutes, man? Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I do. But let me just say this more, more succinctly. I think for me at my age, LZ, I don't know anybody whose favorite golfer isn't Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Simple as that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clinton, you got a couple more minutes to stick around? Yeah, then? we can do okay. that. Okay, cool. Here, here's why. Um, Clinton Yates is here. And I got to tell you, I thought I, I read your piece earlier today about the cam newton situation mm-hmm. lz was off yesterday i'd love to hear what lz thought about that and how it played out on social media and the way people reacted to cam or to the young man who was the centerpiece of it all you wrote a really what i thought was a very fresh perspective on this story today um, some people will agree others will not obviously but you have this is what you do when you put out an opinion piece right i mean yeah. um, and so i really want to get your perspective on this stick around clinton yates is here More to come. This is Sedano, LZ, and Cap on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano LZ and Cap here on a Tuesday afternoon. Crazy day because right here in L.A., Tiger Woods crashes his car. And it turns into international news, needless to say. I mean, he's a monster superstar. You got all the elements of a Hollywood type of story. I mean, you got rich, you got ultra famous, and you've got uh, what looked earlier in the day to be really, really bad. And I would say to everybody who's listening, LZ, uh, Clinton Yates is here. George is about to jump on with us. I mean, again, Tiger Woods, very, very lucky to be alive today, everybody. (sighs)
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly pretty much what the sheriff department said. And that's a testament to both the importance of wearing a seatbelt, but also the integrity of the vehicle he was driving
2: in. I, I agree. I, I when I when the first thing I saw is said, I wonder what car he was driving, because, you know, looking at that, you just think like he I mean, if he survived that at all. Right. You know, switching levels and considering the way that like it looked up, it appeared as if the front was impacted, like safe car, man. You know, Yeah, and that's it looked good like the
0: engine was sitting right next to it. And good I, for him, I, Clinton. I didn't know what a, what a Genesis was. I, I'm serious; like I'm I'm not being a wise guy here. It's like <laughs> they said, yeah, he was driving a Genesis. I said, there's a Chevy and there's a Ford. What what is a Genesis? I didn't know.
2: The Genesis is the car that I would most associate with people who are in income brackets that i am never going to reach and the cars they drive that i'm never
0: going to be able to find. oh stop it reach for the stars okay. you mean yeah. you mean around the horn doesn't pay like that to buy a yeah. genesis
2: yeah that around the horn money is not getting me genesis or, or it yes. all depends See, on who's goes. going
0: around the horn i guess yeah excellent
2: point but <laughs> no i i am familiar with those cars and apparently they are very good ones
0: all right here is george Sedano to jump into this conversation because george before getting on a flight Actually called into Mason in Ireland to explain that he knows that area. Sodano, good evening, good afternoon. Where are you? Where do we find you?
3: Hey guys, what's up? I'm in uh, Minneapolis at the Delta Lounge uh, right now, uh, chatting with you guys and grabbing a snack uh, as I jump on my connection to Indianapolis. That's where I'm at.
1: Okay, all right. So I like Delta the Delta Lounge. Lounge they have mm-hmm. they have like the cheap free wine, and you can bump it up a notch to get the good stuff.
3: Yeah, exactly. For sure.
0: Yeah, it's usually good also if they've got, like, a gym and a shower, you know?
3: Um, I think this airport in Minneapolis is big enough. I don't think this particular lounge, because they have several of them, uh, has the shower. But I know that there is one here that does, because this is a monster airport.
0: Yeah. Hey, George, give us um, some some information or at least, you know, kind of your perspective. Because I heard you earlier today with Mason in Ireland before you got on the plane that you know these roads pretty well where Tiger had this accident. Is that right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I drive those roads each and every day. And when you drive on Hawthorne right there, coming across the peninsula, like going over the hill, basically, those roads are treacherous, man. Like if you don't know that terrain really well, it is really easy to get into an accident because you can drive downhill at speeds easily at 70 plus, almost 80 miles an hour. And that's not even hitting the gas when you do that. So I think because of that, and the windiness of it occasionally right it it certainly winds occasionally, I think that it's fairly easy to get yourself into an accident even if like your phone goes off and you just glance at it, so you know you have to be really careful driving that particular stretch of road, whether it's the hawthorne portion of it in in palace Verdes or even the Crenshaw portion of it the, the
1: the good The good thing is is that obviously he's alive, but can you can you tell us at all like what it may be like driving at that time of day is it like an area that tends to get a little extra condensation does the sun come up in, in his way and reflects in the bed like can you just maybe shed a little light in terms of the conditions he may have been driving in
3: well I, I think it was it's been pretty dry in la the last couple of days I mean granted that area because it's right off the Pacific Ocean is a little more humid than most places around the city but yeah I, I think that at that time of the morning you know especially with most kids not going to school yet um i know palace verdes uh, the school district just started doing kids i think in kindergarten first grade and second grade so there's not like a ton of school traffic at that time although in the normal world there would absolutely be a ton of school traffic and this probably wouldn't have happened in that situation because he wouldn't have been driving at the speeds he probably had to hit to get into this particular accident so but yet yeah, i would say that from a weather condition standpoint lz there really wasn't anything out of the ordinary today if anything the conditions were probably ideal to drive because there was no slickness on the road
0: Hmm. george sedano is with us here on sedano lz and cap on 710 espn he's in a delta lounge in the airport in minneapolis on his way to indianapolis to do an nba basketball broadcast for espn clinton yates is also with us this afternoon clinton you want to jump in here
2: yeah, I was just wondering. Have you ever seen any accidents there in that type of in that road before? Like, is that is that some place, George, that you've seen activity that you thought, huh, well, dangerous? I might want to consider what I'm doing next time when I'm in that particular part of part of town.
3: Clinton, all the time. Um, there is uh, tons of accidents in that area. There's a lot of people that get caught speeding, so the police are actually normally there, uh, setting up you know some sort of uh, positioning to catch people because there is. The propensity, as I mentioned earlier, to go at high speeds, even if you're not hitting the gas. So you're, you kind of have to hit the brake or at least tap the brake as you're going down the hill in that particular area. So I've seen all sorts of stuff there. Um, It's interesting because he decided, you know, he came up Hawthorne because it goes completely across the peninsula. It's the one street that does that. Crenshaw doesn't do that. Um, So, you know, if he was staying at Terranea, as was reported earlier, the resort there on Palos Verdes. That is the easiest way to get over. It's also a pretty wide street, man. Like, it is not like a small, hilly, uh, you know, traditional hill-type road. Like, this is like a big thoroughfare that he was driving down at, with several lanes. So, for him to have that kind of accident at that kind of speed, it just makes you wonder what, where was his focus at that particular point.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, have you gotten a ticket on that road?
3: I have not, LZ, because I am uh, always aware uh, of my surroundings in that regard when it comes to our uh, friends, the local police officers. And uh, uh, I'm very careful when I drive in that neighborhood because I know that it is uh, full of, usually full of police officers that are uh, looking to see if uh, you are going above the speed limit. So I try my best to not go very fast down there now mrs sedano she's got a lead foot i've always told her to be careful when it comes to the uh the roads in that area
0: Mm. george sedano on sedano lz and cap here this afternoon on 710 espn clinton yates is with us uh you got Kaplan and lz and and george checking in from an airport in minneapolis you know it's just hard to believe guys and everybody just jump in but i mean it's hard to believe like we're talking about tiger woods here international superstar i mean greatest golfer of the generation and some might argue of all time and cultural phenomenon and we've just all been talking about this documentary It just from last year to where we are today it just the hits just keep on coming fellas
2: quite a life lived for sure at this point you know this is like we've moved into the and uh, you know if you tried to make it up And put it in a movie, people might not believe it, type of territory. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like who he actually is, which is why this is so fascinating and why I was making that point earlier. If nothing else, I hope that we still get to hear about Tiger's life from Tiger, you know? Because there's so much still there that we have to learn from what his existence has been that I hope this doesn't shake him to the point that he's, I don't want to say further back into his shell because that's not fair to him, but like, man, he has so much more to share with the golf world and I just can't wait to hear it.
0: All right. Hey George, I know you got to hustle, man. Have a good safe flight. We'll uh, we'll catch up to you tomorrow, man.
3: All right, gentlemen, be good, be safe. Take care. Br- yeah.
0: Bring some
1: shrimp back from uh, Elmo's.
3: Scrimps? Okay. I'll, I, well, at the very least I'll bring back the cocktail sauce. How about that?
0: <laughs> okay. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> All right, George. Thanks, man. Hey, Clinton, I wanted to talk to you yeah. about your piece today. Do you have a few more minutes? Yes, I'll ask let's you do again. It.
2: I'm always down to hang around. Let's do yeah, it.
0: Yeah. Because I really think it was interesting. It was a very, very interesting perspective. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg. Letting you know, ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today new users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, shout out to Keyshawn, by the way. It's Sedano LZ and Cap here on 710 ESPN. I was driving around this morning, LZ, and I heard Keyshawn who had on Deion Sanders prime time. And I'm a huge Deion Sanders fan. And I'll tell you, sometimes you hear something on the radio that just kind of gets to you. And I want to talk to you about this later. What Deion Sanders talked about this morning with Keyshawn was really, really amazing. And I want to get your opinion on it a little bit later on. But uh, Clinton Yates is here. And I don't know if you had a chance to read Clinton's piece today, LZ. Did you get a chance to check that out?
1: Yeah, but I'd rather have Clinton talk about it.
0: Yeah, me too. That's why. (laughs) Hey, listen, um, Clinton... You know, this this Cam Newton thing that happened a couple days ago, uh, pretty natural for everybody to jump the kid, but that was not your perspective. Tell us.
2: So basically the first time I saw that video, and for those of you who don't know what it is, basically Cam Newton is at one of his seven-on-seven seven camps, a thing he's been doing for many years since he was a pro where he invites kids there, basically for what's the equivalent of a showcase event. Um, to show off their skills seven on seven is not not padded football so you're kind of in a more loose environment and it's effectively a camp on some level um part of it and for anybody who's ever seen one or know anybody who's ever been to one or coached one is that it is a different level of interaction at the cam newton camp everybody is john it's encouraged it's something that happens. something that in my personal opinion is part of the draw just like a lot of sports camps are with vip appearances and part of the bonding mechanism of why a lot of these young men feel that they can be at their best vocally and mentally as competitors now this particular incident on video got a little loose the kid started cussing he was calling cam newton words that a lot of people don't like and every time a child, a specific, Blah. Anytime a child, specifically a black child, uses a cuss word, all of a sudden people start jumping out of the woodwork and telling them they've done something wrong. That's another story. My thing was very simple. Came on this field, and not on the field in the context of gameplay, on the field in the context of the arena that we are in, he handled this. He talked to the kid after. The kid was like, yo, man, I'm not really trying to talk to you right now. You can watch on YouTube like everybody. And this notion that because he said something that wasn't completely obsequious or in many people's minds respectful that he sort of deserves every single piece of ire from every corner of the world that he gets to me is just fundamentally flawed that's not how I look at how we should be treating children in America or children at all and there's a large portion of people many of them parents who believe that when it comes to errors that kids make The biggest and most important thing is to establish what it is the punishment is going to be over everything else, and that to me gets to a level that I don't like because it reminds me of how you feel when any mistake is made as a black child. And people forget your parents are all chiming in on what it is it's going to be. Like I said, there are three ways you can treat kids when they make mistakes punishment. Pause or protect. And I just felt like there were not enough people that were as willing to look at the protection options for who this kid was going to be as they were either pausing to stop and take a look at it or trying to punish him. And if a kid who's a high school football player has to release an apology statement to a superstar athlete in which he tags news outlets, we're all doing something wrong as the adults. And that I genuinely
0: believe. All right. Clinton Yates's opinion. Uh, LZ, I'm curious to hear what you think. You saw that video of that kid going back and forth with Cam Newton? Is that, uh, is that all just part of being at the Cam Newton camp and it's totally cool and it's fine? I mean, what do you think?
1: Well, well first of all, um, I just got a text from Jesse Washington who would like to join after this segment because I guess you, Clinton, you and Jesse are sitting on opposite ends of this conversation.
2: Um, I have no conversation. idea. I, I wrote the story, but I, I don't know what Jesse thinks outside of what I am thinking. My point is, is that like, I think there's a large element of black folks who think that, because this is how this has always been done in terms of what that power balance is between parents and children, that this is what makes the most sense for a survival and b sensibility. And I just fundamentally don't always agree with that. And I'm not saying this kid's parents or anybody else did anything wrong. I don't think so at all. I just feel like, again, if a high school athlete is finding himself in a position to publicly apologize for talking trash to a football player on a football field at a camp, Like, yo, nah, man, that's not cool. That's not what this is about. The fun part about being a kid is making fun of adults. The cool part about being an adult is that you're grown and secure enough to brush it off because that's what kids do. That's right.
1: I I would tell you that I would have been mortified if my son had done that. Amen to that, brother. Absolutely. I, I, I would have been if my son had disrespected an adult like that. Like, I hear what you're saying in terms of, football field, basketball court, tennis court. Believe it or not, I talk smack on tennis court too. Like I I totally get it, but there's something about seeing a child disrespect an adult who is an authority and something that that child is trying to learn about that just gets me the wrong way. Now I don't think that everyone and their, and their mama, to your point, needs to like, chime in or whatever but i do think that that kid
2: asked for it and he got that's, it that's tough for me lz cuz that draws a that draws a line to something that i just i just don't love and you you have to understand something as well like i i look this is going to come to no surprise to a lot of people i was a very loud mouth kid you know what i'm saying like it got me to a lot of places it got me out a lot of places it got me arguably to this microphone right now the first column i ever wrote for the Washington post literally was about the fact that I remember at the time the DC government was trying to put in some sort of legislation where if you got caught fighting on a train, then all of a sudden you were going to get suspended from school. And I was like, yo, that's unfair because your boy used to fight on the train every daggone day because that's just kind of how life was. And that's not a direct one for one comparison. But my point is, is that like, yeah, a lot of kids are loud. A lot of kids are kind of rambunctious. Only it seems like for certain un of us does that be does that become qualified as an instant problem? You know what I'm saying? It's not personality; it's an issue, and that's where I think this view that we have, particularly of black children, is just so hypercritical. Where it's like, "All right, man, he's getting in with Cam." Like it might have embarrassed you as a parent. I get that, but in the larger sense, I'm telling you, LZ, that made me laugh, and not because I'm some you know raw dog person. It just it wasn't that serious to me. But but really, wasn't? It's
1: not. I, I, I I I would not embarrassed as a parent, mortified that I did something wrong. Because that means I've raised a child that thinks that, that is okay. That's what I'm talking about. Like, not embarrassing. Like, embarrassing is it's, it's kind of a surface emotion to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have been rewinding every single parental moment I've had with my son, asking myself, where did I go wrong? where my son would have thought that would have been okay.
0: Right, right. And and, and just hold it for one second right there because, listen, Clinton, stick around. Um, LZ, Jesse, want to jump in? Clinton, you cool with that? I've been here for a while, guys. i got to eat
2: dinner, but let's do it.
0: Let's make it quick. Yeah, Jesse wants to jump in on this. Okay, so Jesse will be here. Jesse Washington will jump in. Clinton Yates is here. We all do not agree about this situation. So let's get Jesse on. Let's keep Clinton from eating dinner. LZ and I are going to hang out. And here comes Kiki with traffic, so everybody stick around. It's Sedano, LZ, and Cap on 710 ESPN.
4: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
0: What's going on tonight, everybody? It's Sedano, LZ, and Cap here on 710 ESPN. Clinton Yates is with us. And if you're just getting here... Clinton wrote a piece today on The Undefeated about the Cam Newton situation, and me and LZ are both like, if that was my kid, I would be absolutely mortified and wondered, what did I do as a parent that my kid didn't know? That that guy right there, Cam Newton, was an MVP. That guy has lived a charmed football life, and my 17-year-old kid just, as far as I'm concerned, embarrassed us by, by just... Why are you talking that way to that guy? Why are you disrespecting him? Clinton had a whole different perspective, and Jesse Washington wants to come on because he's coming at you pretty hard right now, Clinton, on Twitter. Jesse, jump into this conversation. Welcome back, man. Yeah, yeah real, real
1: quick, Jesse, before you, before you start, Cam doesn't live a charmed football life. He busted his ass to earn that life. And that's, and that's the reason why it was so disrespectful. It wasn't something that bestowed upon him, it was something that he worked hard and earned that's and was true. trying to impart some wisdom. There you go.
5: Indeed. Well, I appreciate y'all's time, and I appreciate my brother Clinton for engaging with me on this on Twitter and now here on these radio streets. And uh, my man Clinton is a respected and valued colleague. And that's why I feel comfortable saying, bro. You out of pocket on this one, my man. Like I can't Sorry? understand how you would minimize and say it's basically okay for this kid to do what he did.
2: And I'll tell you, know, you I'm
5: sort of at a loss for words. I'm sort of okay. Well, I now. have let the words. Quote, <laughs> let me just quote from so let's quote from the words you said. It was quote a kid goofing around with his friends. quote It's not that serious. End quote. You basically said that it's quote something to be taken positively. And that's really where I'm starting to – I don't understand. Please enlighten me.
2: What do you go to play basketball for when you would go to courts where you knew, met new people and you were trying to show off your skills?
5: Competition.
2: What else did you go for? Camaraderie? Beat, beating people. What else did you go for? Learning? W's. W's. Okay, well, that's you. <laughs> yeah. I went because I – the reason – hold on. talk in competition. The reason – The reason I I like sports was because I liked mixing it up like that. That's a personal opinion. Also, it was a large part of, I thought, what the bonding experience was. The people who taught me how to cuss were the people in my family. This wasn't far away. That basic notion, I think, of where y'all define disrespect is just different for me. And that's fine. I respect that. I'm just saying that, like, as a grown man, if a kid talks to me like that, I'm not thinking twice about it. You know what I mean? It's, It's not that harmful to me to hear that from a kid because i know where i came from and that's where i think that we can differ on this and it's not about insulting anybody else's styles it's just about the fact that like when i hear him say you're a free agent i laughed that's an a plus trash talk line and it's not about the fact that he's disrespecting him it's part of where they are in that surface being at the camp means you get the Cam Newton leadership experience. It doesn't mean that you have to be at attention at every single word he says, because that's not how they interact in those scenarios anyway, specifically at that camp and in general, that's not what I thought I was looking at. It was not a confrontation in the same way that so many folks outside of our community claim they see confrontations. That second video was the most instructive to all of this, in my opinion. He was like, Yo, man, I'm not really trying to talk to you right now. Like, he was clearly uncomfortable. And Cam was like, You wanted this. And he kind of put him on the spot, which is fine. That, to me, was the part of the learning experience that was the most instructive out of all this. So when Mans came through, the other coach, and cam was like yo we squashed it it's cool i was just trying to talk they're both learning in real time right there and that's not something that i think is by default a problem which is why to me putting this kid in public to apologize was a step too far you, of course, apologize to Cam privately. If, hold on. Stop it. That's fine to me. That's the difference between being an adult and a child. That's what protection means. That's what the point I was making in the column. What I'm saying is that you can talk to Cam's side on the side without putting that kid in a farther position. I did not think that was a necessary step. And I'm not saying his parents made the wrong decision. I just feel like that to me, I felt so bad for that kid at that part, man. If you're going to admit that the kid made a mistake, why you got to go through that? Jesse, you know jump Why in here, that man. that to because, be the highest thing? That's not making sense to me. That because, shows that you're trying to prove a power admitting balance. Admitting that's not necessary. Wait, Jesse,
0: I, wait, Jesse I, jump in here, man. Jesse, a go ahead.
5: Yeah, go that's, ahead, Jesse. What mistake is about is owning up in front of everybody. First of all, he's the one, him and his crew is the one, who put it out there publicly. You know, and that comes with consequences. And kids that's have to learn man. consequences. And kids have to, and, and yes, we protect them in the way that we correct them. He shouldn't be vilified. He shouldn't be attacked. He shouldn't be threatened with violence. He should be lovingly embraced and corrected and say young fellow this ain't it there's a lot of great nfl players who are like young man this ain't it this ain't it let's That's- learn from this let's move on but you know to say that it's okay you know and defending his right to do this or his agency as a human to go on and just come at i've been in many trash talk situations on those same playgrounds that you mentioned all the time nobody would ever come at me like that because everybody knows there's a line that you don't cross and aside from that we're competing the trash talk comes in, in an effort to contest our skills against one another, not to just yap off at the mouth at somebody and cuss at them for no reason. Who's accomplished? Who's gotten where you want to go? And so we are incumbent upon us who care about black youth, who want to protect them, to teach them, hey, man, like, come on, bro. We can do better than that. You know, no, it, it, you know, you made a mistake and you can bounce, bounce back from that. We all make mistakes. And when I make mistakes as a grown man, I apologize publicly if necessary. I thought the apology was a great thing. I thought it showed the character of the kid and his parents.
2: I, yes, and you I, you I, make I, mistakes I, as and, a grown man. He's not a grown man. That's the whole point. You but, don't but, have to do that in Clinton, public. But Clinton,
1: as I was saying earlier,
2: they're not peers.
1: That's they're, why? They're, 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 they're not peers. He's talking to an adult. And would you have been okay if that was a teacher? Would that have been okay if that was a coach at his high school? Would that have been okay? Like there, It wasn't, there are, though. There, but he's an adult, and he's at get- his camp, and he is disrespecting the person who is heading this conversation. And I, as I told you earlier, I don't believe he should have been vilified like that, but the young man needed to be checked because that isn't just youthful indiscretion to me. That's just poor guidance in some ways like and i'm not saying his parents did a bad job his own guidance like his own rationale led him the wrong way and i'm glad his parents helped get him back on the path that he needs to be on
2: just a fundamental point of disagreement on what the concept and the value of disrespect is. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? I, I just did not consider that in the context of everything we know about how Cam operates his camps and who Cam is on a certain level. Um I, I just didn't see it that way. You know, and I, I respect what you guys Cam are saying. Cam if is a you black was being. He's a black if, if you, if, man. If, why are you gonna pop up
5: and attack a black man just and I, I don't why consider you just it an attack. attack a black it's man? What man I'm falsely.
2: It's it's not you know? an attack. Like, this is the hyper hyper-criticism of what black chil- how black children communicate that I'm talking about. That wasn't an attack to me. It was not that harsh. That's all I'm saying. That's my personal opinion on that. And I get that people don't feel that way, but that's where I'm coming from. Like, to me, that is garden variety trash talk. That's just yeah, me, the thing a that brother I had, who, that I really from D.C., from yeah. the 80s and 90s. That's just me.
5: Yeah, I'm from the same 80s and 90s in Brooklyn, New York all day. and are older than it's I like,
0: the,
2: the, the
5: idea that, absolutely, but not by much. And, you know, the the thing that really sort of bothered me was when you were saying that you sort of framed it as, oh, we're trying to, you know, like we're letting white people define this situation. And, you know, we are the word, and word, the word whole respectability once. Oh, no, you did. Well, you know, it, it was certainly implied. And that's what you, you know, and, and you were talking about how America sees our, our children and treats our children, you know, and. And, and to use the word respectability and the word respectability means, you know, the definition of that respectability politics is for us to do something that we shouldn't do in order to appease white people. That's what respectability means in this context. But uh, what we're talking about has nothing to do with appeasing white people. This is about self-respect. And, you know, black culture is really has a strong reverence for respect for our elders. That yes. is a fundamental aspect of black life in America. We revere our elders because we know what they had to go to to give us the opportunity, you know, and I don't know what positions this young man played, but Cam Newton yeah, had I'm to deal home. with a lot just to, just to help. Okay. So he's not a QB, but you know, Cam Newton went through some things in order for us to have the current black QB renaissance that we have right now. So, you know, I'm not going to cuss on the ESPN airways and repeat what the man said, but to come at them that way, you know, I don't want to kill the kid. I just want him to learn from it. And he can't learn from it. If we say it's quote,
2: Not that serious. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that overall, to me, the concept of how we treat children and the established notion that everything is about respecting the elders, that's not a binary. That's not zero sum. And in a situation with a kid like this or any real kid in a scenario in which they step out of pocket, I like to believe that my first instinct is to protect privately and publicly so they can learn that lesson of punishment privately because too many other people will do it publicly that's where I'm coming from and in this situation it fit the bill exactly well, the thing that well, I like about this
1: the, the thing that I like about this conversation is that at the height of it, it just once again reiterates that African Americans black Americans we're not a monolithic group yep yep and with that comes a variety of perspectives on the exact same thing, and it's beautiful to flesh that thing out. I'm leaning more on the Jesse side of this, Clint, <laughs> but I understand where you're coming from as well. I certainly do. It's just, as I said, my instant gut reaction when I saw the video was imagining my son disrespecting an adult like that, same, same. and just being gutted and just wondering, you know, instantly. If that had happened to me, asking myself, "What did I do wrong as a parent?"
0: Because I'm with you on I, that, LZ. That's fair. You know, yeah, and I, you know I, I, LZ, I appreciate I don't think you guys. Did anything for, wrong
2: as a parent? I, I appreciate you guys yeah, you for don't. also hearing me out on this because part of the reason, quite frankly, why in the current state of what America is, that I have made a conscious decision at this stage in my life not to have kids, is because I know that the only way, at least, I would be equipped to parent in, is a way that I know that did not work for me. You know what I'm saying? And there's a a large part of that that I still think about. You know what I'm saying? In terms of what I passed down. In terms of the notion that there's a real slippery slope between, well, this kid embarrassed me. Pardon me. I don't want you to keep using that term in shorthand because you guys have been very eloquent about that. But if you would have been mortified to, I'd have popped that kid in the mouth in front of everybody. And that's not what y'all said. I get that. But there's such a close line to that that for me is like, yo, no. We have to be moving the exact opposite direction away from that in order for me to believe that we're really understanding what it takes to protect. And I think that's what I'm trying to say alongside of where you guys are and not, in my opinion, um, sort of moving in a perpendicular
0: manner. All right. Yeah. um, Hey, Clinton, it's great to have you on. And I know we took up an hour, but, dude, we good, talked man. about a lot of stuff. So thank you. Hey, Jesse, thanks so much for, for being willing to jump into this conversation. And I uh, really appreciate your uh, your perspective on it. So um, with that, unfortunately, we got to hustle here, fellas. So. <laughs> By the way, LG, I'm going to tell you something. When we come back, I got to comment on what you just said about about how white America, by the way, since I'm the white guy in the room now, um, how we might think that everybody who's black just has the same opinion about everything. That was really, really interesting to listen to you three I, guys I didn't disagree. S- I,
1: I, I didn't say that at all.
0: No, but the way you <laughs> I said that, I you said that, that, that we're not a monolithic group. Well... Come on. What I'm saying to you is is that it's very interesting for me to listen to a variety of opinions from three very smart black guys. And I think it was really, really interesting for everybody else to listen to. So thank you for that, fellas. How about that? No doubt,
2: guys. All right. No doubt. All right. Very good.
0: good. All right. Right back back at you, you, man. See you soon, fam. All right. Wow. All right, LZ. All right, man. That was great. That was really interesting. All right. Stick around, everybody. More to come. Um, On the way. What's going on with the Dodgers as spring training is just opening? Jorge Castillo from the LA Times will fill us in on what's going on day one. Stick around. It's Sedano, LZ, and Cap here on 710 ESPN.